guys, and welcome in to Farm to Fame. Man, this is our first, our first kind of episode. We got Peter Moylan with us. We got our producer, Maddie Mass. You guys, what's up? How are we doing? How are you? Good. I'm good, man. I'm good. So the format that we're going to start with this, we're going to do three hold kind on, of- Hold oh, on. Holding, holding. Okay. My lawn people just got here. I swear to God. Great on the scheduling, Peter Moylan. Yeah. Great on the scheduling. So yeah. how we're going to do this, three mini episodes kind of kick things off. Um, and then in the coming weeks, we're going to dive into our full episodes, which you can watch on YouTube or you can listen to any uh, podcast platform. So these, this is number one of our first three mini episodes. Peter, mm. what, are we, yeah. what are we covering? We're covering everything. You name it. Prospects, non-prospects, old dudes that just get called up that no one's ever heard about, a la me back in the day. <laughs> so we're going to try and hit on everything. Uh, okay. You described it as the people you hear about that don't know anything about. So uh, we're going to try and take a deep dive into those people. And, and as the John Boy guys say, they, they talk about you knowing that your, your team's better than we do, but we're going to, we're going to do our best to, to give you as much info as we can. I think that was like a direct quote from, that was pretty impressive, Pete. Mm. I didn't even take notes. I did take a lot of notes, by the way. Yeah, you did. I told you before we were just chatting and I have never worked this hard. Well, I have, but not in a long time. You don't have to really take notes as a baseball player. So uh, <laughs> uh, my handwriting has picked up a lot. It's good. You may comment Can't on confirm. that. Show, show the people your handwriting because it's impressive. Like, just real quick. Don't zoom in on my notes, people, because this could be swear words and all kinds of stuff. So here we go. <laughs> we can't see anything. We can't see anything. That's just one page. There's plenty of pages. No, I meant you got to bring it closer to the camera. I didn't want to do that. Okay, fine. Ready? <laughs> Thank you. <so> much. <laughs> Maddie Mass, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. I'm excited to uh, kick off this show. This is one of those that's weird for me, being that we're now going to be talking about people that are younger than me. I've kind of hit that age in life, you know, oh, where now the people are younger. Maddie, how do you think I feel? These are the people that kicked me out of the game. <laughs> all these all these young dudes we're going to be talking about are the people, the reason why I'm no longer playing. So, you know. All right, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, today we're going to be covering the 2020 draft. And I know when we were, when I was studying it and looking at some of the birthdays, some guys were born in like 2002. And ooh, ooh, tough, 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 tough. Did you're young. I know, I know. And I, I, I get that. But like anything after the 2000s, I just feel like that's doesn't, like people were not born after the year 2000, but they were. And we will be talking about some of them today. So like we said, we're going to be covering the 2020 draft. Now this draft was obviously uh, changed a lot, Pete, because of mm. COVID. Yeah. Um, five rounds, the players that were undrafted could sign for a maximum of uh, 20,000 signing bonus. My favorite part of what I was bummed that we didn't get was that the draft was supposed to be held in Omaha during the College World Series, which would just be amazing to, to be able to capitalize on the excitement surrounding the college world series and also the MLB draft. Obviously that got moved uh, yeah. to the MLB network studios last year though. Yeah. And now they've permanently moved the draft to 20 rounds, but kept the $20,000 unlimited $20,000 signing bonuses for guys after that. So I'm not sure what effect COVID has on shortening the draft. Yeah. No, that's a bit unfortunate, but they've also cut a few minor league teams. So there's just not as many spots for these guys to, 
hone their craft. But I think they're moving towards an independent ball sort of league where it's going to be MLB owned, but it's not. So, I, I mean, it's it's strange, but it's all going to pan out. 2020 was a strange year for everyone, yeah. not just baseball players. So we, we didn't have it the worst, that's for sure. Yeah, and we're about to see the effect that having no minor league season last year really had on these these young prospects, just not, you know, never played in a competitive game unless they're at spring training. Right. So my my view on that is that I feel like as long as like the guys that were in the 60 man squads, I don't think they they'd lost a lot. Yeah, it was a monotonous playing the same people over and over again. But I think that development wise, it could have been an advantage for a few of these people having to get those at bats every single day. And, and it's it's the poor minor league guys that that were just basically working out or stuck at home. They're, they're the ones that are sort of going to be six six months behind everyone. But um, yeah, you, it'll be interesting to see what kind of effect it has. Well, a couple of facts just kind of over the draft as a total. SEC had the most players drafted overall with 26. I'm an LSU gal, so love that. ACC had 16, followed by the Pac-12 with 12. California had the most players drafted overall. So there were 29, 29 picks in this first round, which kind of threw me off. Uh, a lot of a lot of cheating, and uh, people didn't get picks in the first and second round. I was going to so, say that that was one thing that was kind of weird, is that the, uh, the Astros lost two picks and the Red Sox lost a second-round pick. So Can't cheat. Can't, can't cheat. cheat. So uh, we're going to start with the guys that we think we are most likely to see in 2021, uh, guys whose names were thrown around a little bit in spring training, a guy that uh, probably everybody has heard about by now and will crack the opening day roster mm. is Garrett Crochet. Mm. Mm. 11th round pick out of Tennessee. While I was researching this guy, I mean, I can't wait to follow him and follow his career because... He majored in nuclear engineering. Uh, he was hit by a line drive, broke his jaw, and two weeks later pitched in the college, uh, college World Series game. Helped them win the first game since 2005. He's going to make the opening day roster. He was drafted 34th out of high school and decided to okay. go to college, which is obviously... 34th round or 34th 34th round. Oh, I was like, holy smokes. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. So reading some of the articles, he talked about... Um, he was a little concerned that that he's he wasn't going to be able to show how much he'd improved as far as the strike throwing because he was a bit erratic early on in his career. Um, okay. But they still they rated his fastball the number one fastball in the draft. So um, the White Sox obviously took a chance and, and he made his debut last year against Cincinnati and came in and punched out two and, and got an easy ground ball. I watched that outing. I don't know if you had a chance to to get a look at that outing. Mm -hmm. He's got. They're calling in the new Chris Sale, and um, there's a whole bunch of comps that, that go towards the a Chris Sale type, David Price type, instant impact kind of guy. He was a starter, but he looks like he's going to be working out of the bullpen this year. I do have some concerns about uh, when teams do that. You know, they they swap guys between starting and, and relieving roles, and and what kind of effect that has on on a guy's preparation. But judging by what he says and and what the what the front office has said about him. Um, he seems like he's he's ready to grab it by the balls, as they say. I think it helps when they come from the SEC. So he he went to Tennessee, like Peter said, debuted last year. The dude is six six, a six mm. six lefty baby. Uh, in twenty twenty, five games, six inning pitch. They're all six scoreless innings. Only three hits allowed, eight strikeouts. Didn't allow a run. And I thought this was interesting. So we only played in five games, right? And I read that he ranked second in the majors for highest total of pitches thrown at 100 miles per hour or above with 45. But I was like, dang, only in five games? 
Uh, he was the first pitcher without pro experience to go straight to the majors in the same year he was drafted since 1978. So this cat still hasn't played in a minor league game. Albeit uh, COVID season, but um, yeah. yeah. He was at the alternate site, the uh, hashtag alternate site. He was getting some games in. It wasn't like he jumped off the couch and, and you know, rolled into the, to the big leagues, but he's a stud. He's going to be a stud. He, he loves the craft. He's on social media. He loves social media. He's, there's a couple of videos of his throwing with his shirt off, throwing 100 miles an hour with his shirt off. So he's ready. Yeah, I mean, his stuff has looked deadly in spring training. Nine games, 1-0 with the two ERA. Nine, in, nine innings pitched, eight Ks. They were all one-inning appearances. He's been sitting about 95-98 with his fastball, throwing a low 80s slider for strikes. And they say this spring he's improved his ability to locate. So so when I'm um, just to do my little history a little bit, I was a pitching coach slash player in 2015 when I came back to the Braves for my second stint. And one of the things that I learned very quickly is it's much better to be able to teach a kid how to fix himself than to rely on you all the time. So I think that's important that he was able to get a hold of that, learn how to learn how to fix the erratic nature of his pitching himself rather than relying on pitching coaches. Yeah, they, he's he's going to slide in real real nice in that in that bullpen. Is he going to slide straight into a setup role? You think? That's what they said. Yeah. So crochet lock for opening day. Wild. He has shoved in spring training. He shoved last year when he came up, pitched in those games. So, Crochet, well done for you. All right. Nick Gonzalez went seventh overall to the Pirates. He's a second baseman. Uh, his ETA is listed as 2022, uh, but this kid, this kid can freaking swing it. He had video game numbers at New Mexico State. He had 399. But I guess something to note with, with New Mexico State is their ballpark is, you know, kind of like a course field effect. Uh, one of the most offensive friendly environments, high altitude, uh, plays in a weaker conference. But with that being said, he went to Cape Cod and hit 351. We've read so. the same notes. We have read the exact same notes. Yeah. Love that. Love that. They were concerned about him being in the hitter friendly ballpark, but yeah, I watched this guy too. Uh, he's got quick hands. He's drawing Andrew McCutcheon comps, which is not a bad little comp to have, but in 2020, he, he hit 448 with 1,200 runs in 16 games. Yeah. Holy 16 smokes. games. Yeah. Straight onto the Mansplain uh, hot list, by the way, I would think. I don't know if you've seen. I haven't checked out the list, but I saw ad that they just uh, made some T-shirts that are actually pretty cool for the right. uh, Hawkeye list. But in spring training, Peter, he was slow, and then he picked up uh, in 13 spring training at bats. He's hitting 231, so – we hear it. It's fine. Everything's fine, Peter. Look at there him go. Goes. Look at him go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for, for a guy like this who was just drafted last year, what do you want them to hit? Is, is 231, like, are you are you pleased with that? With the guy think, who's known for his bat? I don't think you're concerned. Um, coming from college, it's going to be an adjustment for him. Um, but, you know, these guys are going from tinderwood bats too. That's a, that's a yeah. little bit of adjustment. And I know that they've... They've, back when I was hitting with a tin bat, they were like, and it's called a negative five. That's five ounces less than the length of the bat. So a thirty-four twenty-nine would have been the bat that I used. Now they've kind of got them more even, so that they're, they're based more like a wooden bat. So the adjustment period isn't that hard. Uh, but yeah, I, I I see this kid twenty twenty-two and the whole Pirates roster. They've got some they've got some studs that are coming, some young studs that are coming. Um, so I, I look forward to to seeing what they could do in the next couple of years. 
Yeah, he's definitely known for his bat. Drafted as a shortstop, played second almost the whole time at Instructs um, and since. So everybody kind of thinks that's his that's his long term home. So Nick Gonzalez, uh, video game offensive numbers. Next we have Reed Detmers. He was mm. drafted tenth overall by the Angels out of Louisville. His ETA is 2022 but the reason i have him on this list he's a left-handed pitcher was because the angels had some injuries to their bullpen so joe madden had come out and said a few weeks ago that they were considering him or chris rodriguez in a bullpen role but they said rodriguez's stuff probably played better out of the bullpen so they were leaning more towards him but the fact that detmer's name was even mentioned is you know a pretty big deal and leads me to believe that if he can fly through these minor leagues that we could see him pretty soon he took full advantage of the alternate site um developed a slider and he said it's now become his favorite pitch so mm-hmm. i mean you go from being the three pitch guy to a four pitch guy and joe madden's talking about how you how much poise you have um how you carry yourself you know that's the sort of thing you want to hear from the manager when you're trying to make an impression yeah, uh, they said his pitch mix, his ability to locate, big reason why they think he's close to the majors. Like you said, Madden saying he looks like he already belongs there. Uh, right now they're trying to build up his arm strength for more frequent outings because in college where he went to Louisville, you're only starting once a week. So they're trying to find that new routine. But in alternate uh, camp last year, he struck out 47 dudes in 30 innings. He looks young too. Have you seen? I looked at the, mm-hmm. he's, he looks like he's, 15. Yeah, Detmers was considered the most major league ready starter in last year's draft. Polish lefty, pounds the strike zone. Anything else on him that we want to hit on? We got it. We hit it all. All right, sweet. Yeah. Next, we have Cade Cavalli, right handed pitcher out of OU. ETA is 2022. Showed two way abilities during his time at Oklahoma, actually, but he's expected to just focus on pitching. Uh, The thing that I think is something to note about him, Pete, you probably read this, is he is part of what the Washington front office is referring to as the big three. Yeah. So it's Jackson Rutledge, Cole Henry, and Cade. They're all right-handed pitchers who are 6'4 or taller, feature plus to plus plus fastballs, um, all first or second rounders in the last two drafts. So I feel like that that makes him uh, fairly noticeable. And I guess last year there was some speculation that he could have finished in the big league bullpen had the Nats stayed in the playoff race, which <clears throat> didn't. Um, but yeah, Pete, what you got on him? He likes to cut hair. A little bit of a zone. Did you see that? Instagram so, apparently for he that. Has his own Instagram account where he likes to cut hair. Big kid, power guy, power stuff, power slider, power curveball. Um, he's just coming at you with with everything he's got. Um, he he is an impressive size human. So yeah, I'd, I'd look for him to depending on what the Nationals do this year. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we see him this year. Um, I have here. He sat comfortably in the mid nineties, topped out at ninety nine with his fastball and his first pro exposure. Has an 82 to 85 mile per hour curveball, a plus pitch that he throws with power in depth. Has developed an upper 80s slider and cutter that uh, has a similar out pitch potential. So missed a lot of time. Missed a lot of time. Uh, says here that he didn't pitch until sophomore year. Missed most of his senior year with a bad bat, but he's been able to to get through that as well. Well, what I have here is that he had a 409 ERA over 101 college innings. So what? What do you think it was about him that what what stands out the most about him that would cause him to go 22nd overall? There is pitchability potential, and then there's obviously guys that are obviously polished. Like as someone like a, a, a Jack Leiter ad who we'll talk about later, he seems like he's got everything under control, right? Mm-hmm. 
these guys, this is what scouts are for. They can try to try to predict what you're going to do. Um, and he obviously had a lot of upside. So to go 22nd overall, you, you have to have something going for you. But they obviously saw a big-bodied kid with a power arm. And he's an athlete. He played the field. Most guys, former shortstop, most guys that played the field uh, are better athletes, uh, able to field their position, do the little things, um, make adjustments quickly, that sort of stuff. So those we think are going to be the guys that uh, obviously they were drafted just last year. Those are the guys that we either will see this year or that we think are the closest to the big leagues. A guy that I want to talk about that isn't as close, but like, holy smokes, you talk about the potential of being a superstar, in my opinion, is Pete Crow Armstrong, who was drafted 19th overall by the Mets out of Harvard Westlake High School. If that school sounds familiar to you, it's because it's the same school as Lucas Giolito, Max Fried, Jack Flaherty. They're just churning it out over there. Um, his mom, Peter, you know about his parents? I don't know anything. I, I thought you were mentioning me when you said Pete. I thought his name was Crow Armstrong. Uh, so no, no. that's how good we're going here. No, we're talking about the better Pete. Pete number one. Um, his dad's <laughs> not Neil Armstrong, is he? Nope. He is the son of two <laughs> actors, and his mom played the mother in Little Big League. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yep. That he said is his favorite movie that she's been in. So that's Henry the- Rollin Gardner, right? Uh, don't, uh, don't that's off my notes. Don't ask oh, that's me. no, that's the Minnesota one. That was the catch uh, one. Uh, you're over my head. Hen- Henry Roland Gardner. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, is that a movie quote? Yes. Okay, sorry. I'm not a big movie. What's person, the one where he I broke watch, his arm? I watch live sports. Of the year. There you go. Thank you. Not even anyway, back to my dude. Sorry, go ahead. He's committed to Vandy. Like we said, went to that power high school. He's a left-handed hitter. He's more hit than power. He's known, well-known for his glove in center, and he was considered one of, if not the best, outfield defenders in this class. His baseball IQ is really high. They love that. Jared Banner, the Mets executive player of development, said that he's showing premium defense and that you could put him in center field in a big league game today, and he would be one of the best. Really? Big time. Big time quotes. Yeah. He hasn't been too hot at the plate in spring training, 13 ABs in 11 games. He hit 154. But again, straight out of high school, his ETA is 2023. This is the the craziest thing, man. This is the thing that I've had to make an adjustment with. You've seen these 17, 18, 19-year-old kids that are playing big league spring training games now. You never would have seen that in the past. The whole... Wait till you've proven yourself in the minor leagues thing is just gone. And I think it's great. I'm here for it. Yeah. So that's Pete Crow Armstrong. Won't mm. be up this year. Maybe not next year, but comes from that insane high school that's produced some top tier talent. All three of those guys opening day starters this year. Isn't that and crazy? Yeah. So, oh, and one more thing about him is they're saying that he is the fastest prospect in the Mets system. So the boy can run great defense. They really like him over there. His first hit in spring training was a triple. That's wild. The other guy I want to talk about is is Tyler Soderstrom. 26 overall to the A's. He's a catcher, ETA 2024 out of high school. Oh, this is is why I wanted to hit on Tyler. 10 spring training games this year, Peter. He had 10 at-bats. He's hitting 400, three doubles. Four games catching, five games at DH. He had no errors catching, no pass balls. Caught one guy stealing. So they're That'll saying- That'll make an impression. 
Yeah. And they're saying at this point, it's just a matter of how quickly his defense matures um, to decide how quickly he's going to progress through the A system because his bat's there. I think being a catcher in the American League is is a little better because you can have those days off where you can DH a few times. But yeah. as a National League catcher, it's watching Brian McCann go out there every single day and, and just get crushed by foul balls. It's just, I mean, you choose what position you want to play, but I would never choose catcher. Love McCann. Love McCann. Two other random names. I won't go into detail. Austin Wells, 28th overall to the Yankees, ETA 2023. He's a catcher. Uh, did really well in spring training at 286. Started on Sunday DH. That video was all over social media. Uh, smoked a liner up the middle. And uh, the only thing I want to mention about Bobby Miller is elite, elite strikeout struck off the mound. Mm. Loved it. Loved it. What? I'm... Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll oh, you don't on. like that? Oh. No. 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 Okay. I look. I've watched too many guys bat flip, so I feel like it's it's our time. But I mean, it's kind of like when when a guy makes a defensive play and you're down thirty eight to six, and he stands over and, and does the dance. You know, I just I think there's there's certain times where you should be able to strut, and there's times where you should just maybe calm down a little bit. Ooh, conversation for another day. I'm fired up for that. Okay, so that is all for our 2020 draft. I think we went a little over our 15 minutes. So that was a bonus for you guys. We got two more mini episodes dropping before our full pod releases this week. Peter, great job. Maddie Mass, great job. We done did it. First episode in the books. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. We have more coming your way soon.